What is up, mate community? It is Trevor DeVage looking at my uh, favorite San Diego pirate on the other side of the screen right now, Dylan Mitchell. Um, nobody knows what that means, but he's wearing a, uh, it's got a hat with a pirate on it, skull and crossbones. Uh, it's not a pirate. It's the pirate um, Jolly Roger on it. That's what it is. And, I mean, I, uh, think it, I think the whole point of the Jolly Roger is it was a pirate at some point. Right, right. right. Well, that's probably true. The the skull, the cross. It's just the history of the Jolly Roger. Do we have time to unpack that? Probably not. Um, I, <laughs> if this was a pirate podcast, dude, how, how fun would that be to have a pirate podcast? Um, just talk about all things pirate. Um, and Look, then, one day we're going to have Peter McKinnon on here and we'll have, we'll just call it the pirate podcast for that episode. And each week you start with, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! And it took took all of took all of fifty eight seconds this week, and so there you go. Uh, we've been doing so good, but now that I'm back on the coffee juice, uh, apparently it just derails everything so fast. Uh, so Dylan, what's going on on your side of the country out there in San Diego? Man, the weather's nice. We had a fun weekend this weekend. Uh, one of our friends' husbands is deployed right now, and she's kind of having a hard time with it. Um, obviously, Melissa wasn't deployed, but you know, being separated for those those three months kind of gives me a little bit of an insight to what that can feel like. So yep. uh, we, we went out of our way to spend some time with her and took her up to Disneyland for the weekend and kind of, kind of gave her a distraction. So, well, that's awesome, man. Way to, way to love on somebody that's just going through it, you know, and it's, it's one of those where you, you get it. So you, you're even more empathetic, you know, that's, I, I think that's the, the beauty of once you've been, it's like when my dad got cancer, you know, I was always sympathetic towards those that had cancer or were going through it with a loved one. Once my dad got it, though, it was like now that when somebody's like, oh, my loved one's got cancer, I'm like, oh, OK, time out. Let's talk for a minute because I know how yeah. you're feeling. Um, and so, no, that's awesome, man. Got to do a little Disney. Of course, I know that's like Mecca for you. So you 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 love it. I didn't I didn't need a reason to go to Disney, um, but I had a reason this time. Well, of course you did. And when you call can it, call it outreach, when, <laughs> Uh, it's called outreach. I'm actually writing this off on my taxes. Uh, I, I can expense that as a ministry expense that I, I took someone to Disney. That's, uh, just trying to help you out, bro. Helping you for tax season right there. You can, uh, you could write that off maybe. Um, so what you could write that off comma, maybe. Yeah. 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 Comma, maybe. I mean, you, you, you probably could honestly. Uh, but man, what, so what else is going on? I know we got a lot to unpack today, um, from this last weekend and things coming up and I'm sure we got, we got to have a little coffee time. I mean, we got to do that today. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're back. I heard someone call it jitter juice the other day, and I, I think that's very applicable for you. I, I think it's applicable. A little but I also, that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, like I, what about it specifically? The, the word jitter juice that just, now if you say it fast enough, it sounds like Snoop Dogg's gin and juice from back in, back in the 90s. Uh, so I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, we could rewrite a song called Jitter Juice into the same tune as Snoop Dogg. Um, sipping on Jitter Juice, laid back, running around my parking lot, my shirt off. <laughs> I just, that's going to be the new, like, I'm going to start tacking that on as a soundbite to the end of every episode. Hey, like, all, you, all we got to do is play this sound right here. We just, we give it, oh no, that's salsa. We got to play this one. Yeah, yeah, little, we put Dre right there and then we do, uh, then we do Jitter Juice. Um, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, hey, why don't we jump into the weekend? Because obviously this is this is not not conducive for anything good. So why don't why don't you go ahead and jump you, in? This is not why you came here. This uh, is not why you were here. No, this. Hey, by the way, Michelle that left us the message last week that we played. Uh, I met yeah. her on Sunday, and uh, it was fun, man. Got to meet her. Got to meet her family. I, I think she's got a she's got a ten year old 
named, I think her name's Holly. I hope I got that right. She, she may be the tallest 10 year old I've ever been around. Like I thought she was like 15. It was crazy. Um, but such a sweet, sweet family. They've been here at Pantano for about two months. And, uh, so Michelle, again, thanks for listening. And, uh, thanks for introducing yourself on Sunday. And, uh, when she introduced herself, she goes, now there's five of us that listen to the podcast. I'm number five. So I was, I, I was so happy. We need like membership badges. Like you are five of five. That actually, I like that. That'd be good. Membership badges. Um, get them engraved. You get like certain stars for the amount of times you've listened. You know, that'd be good. Time served. Not di- time served. Hey, do you, <laughs> ma- do you remember book it back in the day for pizza hut? Did you have that when you were oh, a kid? Yeah. yeah. Like you get a book it pen and every time you listen, you get a star and then you get a free personal pan pizza. If you listen to all of them, <laughs> you don't get anything for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you get something out of it, but you get nothing. Yeah. yeah we'll give you nothing, but you could go to pizza hut and eat a pizza and say that, you know, it, you got a book it pin for the podcast. Um, so let's talk about the message before let, we just completely off the rails. Yeah, let's, let's do that. That's way better than what we're talking about right now. Uh, so we're still in the BOGO series. Uh, this was week three, right? Week three. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Week three. Um, and this week's message was freedom from strongholds. Um, obviously, you know, you're the one who's, who's preaching it. So I'm sure you, it, it, it's a topic that you love to preach on. Um, but it was, it was one that I really loved listening in on as well. Um, I don't, I don't, I think we've kind of talked about it in passing before on the show, um, but I think addiction and things like that aren't necessarily the best thing that the church does sometimes, at least in, in having conversations around it. So right. just having that open conversation, um, even even going as much to say is, you know, what if getting found out isn't something to fear, but something that frees you? Yeah. Um, like just from the onset of this message, kind of setting that as the tone of like, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Well, and I mean, isn't that, isn't that the greatest fear the enemy uses? You're going to get found out. And if they find you out, nobody's going to want you. No one's going to want to have you involved. Now let me, let me caveat this. There is consequence for sin. Yeah. Like there's consequence for sin. Like there's, if you're, if you're an abuser, like a physical abuser, a sexual abuser, uh, an emotional, like there's consequence for those sins. If you, if you, you know, if you're doing something illegal, there, there's a consequence for, for sin. If, if you've done something heinous to a child, there, there's consequence for your sin. But let me caveat all of those things because we like to categorize all those things too. And, um, we're, we're like, well, at least I'm not like that person. Well, once you've said that now your pride is your stronghold and, um, it, what's funny is we don't think pride is something that gets found out, but everybody can see it. You know, you, right. you know, those people, right. That they're, that they're self-righteous, prideful. It's the religious leaders in the new Testament. It's uh, it, it, all those kind of things that, that usually prideful people don't see their pride or, or they think everybody else is prideful. And that, which again is a prideful statement on top of that. Um, but the whole fear of being found out, um, I think we're so scared. Like, I, and you know, I, I think about this in life. If you would allow yourself to be found out faster, you would have less consequence. Absolutely. There'll still be consequence for some things, but you know, I I think about like my daughter and I, we watch, well, our whole family, we watch uh, this show um, called, I I get it backwards. I think it's under, under, undercover, underage or underage, undercover. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually an organization uh, called SOSA and they work with law officials to take down uh, online child predators is basically what they do. Um, but I, I think about like, there was one episode with one guy, um, and literally it's this guy's first time offending. And when he gets caught by the cops, he's like, I've never done anything like this. And I wish I wouldn't have done it. 
And they're having this conflict inside the car is the sting operation, the SOSA organization. And she's like, this guy is so young and now his whole life is done. And, and he even says something to the effect of, I wish I would have shared what I was feeling sooner. Maybe I wouldn't have ended up here. And, and that's a really extreme case, right? But the, the reality is if we would just let ourselves be found out faster, we wouldn't have to go through some of the pain we go through um, to, to not be what God has called us to be. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And like, that's, that's it. Like maybe things, obviously I can't make a blanket statement. I try not to make blanket statements, but maybe things don't get out of hand. If you're more willing to have these conversations as soon as you start feeling like, you know, having been addicted to pornography, like that's something where like, I have people where I can talk to them and say, Hey, like I'm feeling the urge to go back to this. And they can say, okay, let me acknowledge that you're feeling the urge to go back to this. Let me acknowledge that whatever triggered you is a real feeling that you had, but let's not give power to that feeling. Let's let's remember how bad you felt when you were there. And let's talk about all the reasons to not go back there, even though it feels cozy to go back there, I guess. I, I don't know the right word to use, but like uh, just to share a little bit of a personal story, like I with pornography, it took me a while to figure out why I was doing it. Um because it it wasn't like a, I guess I found pornography whenever I was in middle school. Um, and that was just out of curiosity. And later in life, it was less about curiosity and more like whenever I found myself going back to that, it was because I was anxious or I like I felt out of control. And something about that made me feel more like I had control over my like whatever's going on outside of this moment, I may not have control over, but I have control over this moment. Um, and then there's the obvious dopamine rush too. Um, but so whenever I feel those ways now, it's important for me and Melissa to have that conversation. Like, Hey, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling out of control. Um, and that way her or my best friend, Lucas, like they can speak into those, those moments when I'm feeling that because they know the story and they can help me say, Hey, we're not going back there. Well, and there's comfort in the darkness. Yeah. When you're when you're in the dark, there's a comfortability because nobody knows, right? But the problem is, is the guilt, the shame, all that stuff that comes with the darkness, um, is all there. And it's interesting too because I and I'm sure there's science that's been done all this. But you think about again, I'm talking in extreme cases, but you've all everybody knows or has met or has seen somebody that you're like, why do they keep going back to the abusive relationship? Well, because at least they know what to expect there. And, and if you don't feel like there's any better worth than that moment, you just stay in whatever that is. If you don't think there's anything better. And I think we do the same thing with our strongholds. We, we just stay in stuff because, well, at least I know what to expect from this thing. You know, I I know what to expect from uh, the pornography. I know what to expect from the drug hit. I know what to expect from the self-reliance. I know what to expect from uh, just fill in the blank. It doesn't matter if it's in your mind, big or little. We there, everybody has something they can't get past. Everybody I know uh, has something that they're struggling to get past, get through. We all have a stronghold. And I'm, I don't think I, I, I don't put them in categories anymore. I used to categorize like people's strongholds, right? Like it's like, you know, well, you've got a pornography issue. Of, okay. Well, I, I've got a food issue. My, mine's not as bad because I need food to live. Well, right. yeah, it's fine until I realized I was eating close to 5,000 calories a day and doing nothing about it. it you know what I mean? It, yeah. And again, it, it's, we, the, we don't want to talk about these things because once we talk about them, we've got to do something about them. And, but the crazy thing is, I just go back to this, like it hit me reading scripture about this woman at the well 
is her greatest fear was being found out again. It was her greatest fear. That's why she went to the well at noontime. She was willing to go in the middle of the day to not have to interact with anybody because they knew she'd been married five times. And I'm sure they knew that she was living with a dude in town. Uh, So they're all talking behind her back. She just doesn't want to have to deal with actually confronting being found out where if she would have just had a friend, somebody to help her be found out, she might've lived freer faster. And I, I think that's the key for a lot of people maybe listening to this is that, um, you, you may have people in your life right now that can speak into you. You're just not allowing them into the place to speak into it to help you find freedom faster. And I love that Jesus just meets her in her circumstance. He sits at the, he, Jesus knew she was going to be at that well. He's Jesus. He had to go through Samaria. Why did he have to? Because she was going to be at that well. And he was willing to sit at that well at noontime for her to come and encounter him. I think it's beautiful. Well, and I think there's another thing to say too, for the story, like Jesus doesn't like, obviously Jesus knows everything about everything. That's kind of his whole thing. Um, but he doesn't call her out to judge her. Right. He calls her out to help. Um, and again, like that, that's just on having those people in your life, those friends in your life, um, those accountability partners in your life, um, that, you know, like you, I couldn't go to, I mean, I don't know who to use as an example. I I have friends that I wouldn't call my accountability partner because I don't give them that place in my life. Right. I The people that I give that place in my life are the people that I know without a doubt um, have my best interest in mind and are not going to come after me to attack me. They're going to come after me to call me into something better. Uh, absolutely. Like I, I think, for, and again, you could discredit this, but uh, I think like Chris Hamlin's that guy. Like he's a... He's a judgment-free guy. You know what I mean? Um, if if I got, and I think for you and for me, like if I had something right now that I was struggling through, I know that I could call Chris, like, hey, bro, can we chat? And he yeah. would, one, he would be compassionate, and two, he would be like, all right, bro, let's just call crap crap real quick. Like, I right. love I love you enough. Um, like, like same thing for you, Dill. Like, if, if there was something going on in my life, I trust you enough that I could call you and go, bro, we need to have a conversation. And, and I know, one, you love yeah. me, you care for me, um, and, and it's not now, if I came to you with something heinous, I would wholly, like wholly fully expect that you would take that to who needs to go to. Um, sure. but if I come to you with something personal that I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling here and I need someone to help me through this. My hope is you'd be like, bro, I love you. I got you. Um, and I'm going to, and I, I think accountability is interesting. We, it's a kind of a buzzword, right? Like, and it has been in the church for a while. It's like people think, well, I'll just sit and I'll let you, I'll let you into what I want to let you into, but I'm only going to let you feel the transparency as much as I want you to feel like I'm being transparent. Um, I, I had a, he's since passed away last year, Mark Worley, who is former vice president of Dallas Christian College. He was an elder at our church in Dallas. He was on our teaching team for a while in Dallas. Uh, I've traveled the globe with Mark and uh, Mark was, I think Mark was 70 um, died of cancer last year. And uh, Mark was one of those guys, like if you met Mark, he's the nicest guy on the planet, teddy bear, but he actually grew up in the hood of Dallas. And like, I learned really quickly in India, if we were going to have to throw hands at some point with people, Mark was a guy I wanted with me. Like he was just that guy. It's like, if you've met the nicest grandpa on the planet, but he had a dark, like a dark past, like John Wick, you're like, Oh, that, that's Mark. John but, Wick. If he retired. Right. If he retired and looked like, uh, like, like bro lives, you know, and, and, but I'll never forget Mark telling me, we were talking about this thing about accountability and 
and he was telling me, he was like, this guy told me he was doing accountability with a, with a guy on staff with him at Dallas. And, uh, he said, this guy told me, he goes, if I, if I confess to you that I look at porn, I, I want you to kick me right in the private parts. Now that seems really extreme, right? Like, and that's dudes, right? Dudes say weird stuff like that. And this is what Mark said to him. He said, do you really want accountability? He was like, yeah. He goes, then when you tell me and confess, the only thing that I can logically do for you is what you've asked me to do. Mm. And he just kind of looked at Mark and he was like, because you just asked me to do that if you look at porn and you confess it. So if you want real accountability and that's what you're asking me to do for you, I love you enough. I'm going to rear my leg back and kick you as hard as I can kick you. And I, and you know, we laughed and I'm like, Mark, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He said, that's the problem though. We say we want accountability until it comes time for us to actually have somebody follow through on what we've asked them to. We, we don't want the pain of accountability. No. And the problem is because we don't want the pain of accountability, we will have the pain of sin later. Yep. And the pain of accountability, I can promise you hurts way less than the pain of the sin that we will have later. The pain of the stronghold, the pain of the, the being being hidden instead of found out. If you allow yourself the pain of accountability, I mean real accountability. I'm not talking about we sit in a circle, sing kumbaya, and, and hey, well, here, I've got a struggle today. No, how about when you have the struggle, instead of saying I'm having a struggle, let me just tell you what I'm dealing with. Right. Like, it, it, again, we're talking about pornography, right? It, just in the context of this conversation of you talking about your former struggle and, and mine. And I would venture to say a lot of people is that don't want to admit it. Um, yep. but I, I remember being in accountability groups where guys are like, I'm really struggling this week with wanting to look at porn. And I'm like, finally it got to the place where I'm like, are you struggling with it or are you doing it? Right. And well, uh, I'm like, okay, if you're hemming and hawing, my guess is you are. And so if you're not going to be honest in this circle, then don't be in this circle because we're here to help each other. And if, if you're not gonna be honest, then don't be in this circle because you lying to us is you lying to yourself and you don't want freedom. Uh, you just, you want to feel better about yourself after you do everything. And, and I, again, pornography is the thing we're talking about in the context sure. of this conversation, but apply that to any other thing, any other stronghold in your life. Um, I, I really believe until we are willing to get honest with the people around us that, that will hold us accountable, we're never going to get past our strongholds. No, I would, I would completely agree with that. And this, this doesn't have to be a segue for this moment. Uh, but like I, those moments don't have to be at church. They don't have to be in, they don't no. even have to be in the context of a small group or having friends over for dinner. Like I've had some of the most real, raw, authentic conversations sitting in the corner of a coffee shop. Um, and like, that's just where, like find somewhere because these kind like, you know, you said there are consequences to sin. Yes. And in having these conversations, we're not saying that having these conversations are going to feel easy. No. Um, so like this, like if I were to stumble and start watching porn again, if I were to start consuming porn again, I would have to go to my wife and I would have to go to my best friend and confess that. Yeah. And those aren't comfy conversations to have. No, um, they're not feel good conversations. And so all that to say, find an environment where at least the environment is somewhere comfortable for you to have that conversation. Well, well, absolutely. And, and again, it's not going to get any more comfortable. It, no matter how cushy the environment is, the conversation will not be more comfortable. Um, no. But put yourself in a place that at least you can go, I feel safe enough in this place to share this. Yep. Um, and I would agree. I, I, you know, We put a lot of emphasis on just church on Sundays. The church is not a place you go. The church is who you are. 
and so whether you're in our building here, when you, by the way, when people leave our, our building on Sunday, they don't leave church. They leave the building. The church actually goes into the community. Um, this, believe it or not, this place is, there's nothing sacred or holy about our buildings. It becomes sacred and holy when God's people gather in those spaces. So if you're going to encounter people where they are in their strongholds, be the holy space for them that they need to feel comfortable in. And, and when you understand that you were the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within you, you become a safe place for those that need to, to give a safe space. Again, yeah. does that mean they get to, they get to dodge accountability and, and maybe consequence for sin? No, that, it, that doesn't mean that at all. I know plenty of people that have confessed that have still had to go through consequence, but it's, it's better to go through that consequence now than the destruction of that consequence later. Uh, Absolutely. Because the further you go down the path of no accountability in the stronghold, the, the, the longer you go with being found, not being found out, the, the more catastrophic the stronghold becomes. Uh, and, and I've watched that with marriages. Like you've got people, they show up on Sunday morning. I joked about it Sunday. They look like the Pinterest board. They put together, they look like the, the fall pictures. They look like pumpkin spice threw up all over their house. You know, they, they, they have it all together. But the reality is they're fighting in the parking lot on the verge of divorce. It, you know, it, he's got a drug issue. She's got an alcohol issue. They've got a, they, whatever, f- fill in the blank, right? And they, but they show up and they're like, we look good. Yeah, but here's the problem. You look good. And then when they, when they split up, everybody around them is going, what happened? They yeah. looked good. Well, here's the problem. Just because you look good doesn't mean that the, the implosion is not going to have mass amounts of ripple effects. And the oh. shock waves go out in, in monumental ways the further you get from being found out. Well, and like, later on in your message you you went to say um when when we get vulnerable here it is when we get vulnerable enough for people to see our weakness we help them see the strength of jesus yes and and that connected with me because um mine and melissa's one that's been our one for like a year and a half now um maybe a little bit longer than that um she's had an on and off again relationship with the church and like struggles with uh just just feeling like the church can be her place yeah um and so whenever I have conversations with her, um, obviously our, our definitions of church hurt are different. Um, mine and mine and hers. Um, but I don't, I don't pretend like it's perfect. Um, I, I acknowledge that, you know, the, the church as a whole, um, not, not Pantano, but the church as a whole has done some things that have hurt me and a lot of other people. Um, the church as a whole is not perfect. Pantano is not perfect. Nope, um, not even close. They let me lead it. So I know it's not perfect. <laughs> um, but in doing that, um, my, my goal isn't to obviously drive her further away from the church. My goal is to say, Hey, it's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that the church is not perfect. We're imperfect. Um, and then acknowledging those weaknesses is hopefully going to help her see all of this is not perfect, but the one thing about it that is perfect is Jesus. And that's what we're all trying to latch on to. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's key, Dylan. Like, I, I think that this is where the church did itself no favors in the last 25 years or so, maybe longer, that there was always a picture. When I was growing up, the picture was kind of painted that like, if you were in church, you had your stuff together. If you were a pastor on staff, you had your stuff together. Um, and then, then you get to see, like, I got to see behind the curtain of Oz, right? And you just realize that some fat white dude pulling levers, right? Like, um, but the reality is it's kind of true. You like realize, oh, that's not true at all. Um, and we created this environment where people felt like they couldn't come in because, well, I'm going to be judged. And, and, and they were, I mean, that's the other thing, like people were, and they, and, and so 
you know, you got, we talk a little bit about church hurt and I, I don't want to camp on that because I think that's kind of, kind of hot topic-y too. Like, you know, uh, everyone's got church hurt. Well, okay. Everyone's got hurt. Let's just start there. It's not just church hurt. We, we've all got hurt. Um, and, and, but the reality of all of that is, is that we've not done ourselves any favors in helping people see it, You know, I remember growing up, if you confessed that you had a, a porn issue, man, you, you are going to get judged. It was going to happen. Um, yep. I, I remember if you, if you admitted that you were, man, I'm struggling with alcohol. I mean, well, sorry, you're not going to do anything in the church here ever again. You know, and I, again, extreme, extreme cases, but I'll remember, I, I think I talked about my pastor Keith a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'll never forget when I met Keith and my youth minister, Jeff at my church, when they came in, they changed everything because they were the antithesis of what I just talked about. Like they, they let people come as they were. They let them figure out who they were. Um, they walked through life with me. Like I, I remember, I mean, I was, I was a pretty jacked up teenager. I'm still kind of jacked up at 44, but um, I was really jacked up as a teenager. And those guys just loved me through those moments. They didn't condemn me. They didn't judge me. They helped me understand the consequences of some of my sins, but they, they walked with me through the consequences you know, I just, I talked to Keith for the first time on the phone in, in years, just two days ago, he was at my mom and dad's house. And I I just said to him, I said, Hey, two things. Thanks. You're one of the biggest reasons that I preach the gospel is because he was the most compelling preacher I'd ever heard. And two, there was a couple moments where my life could have gone a really drastic direction. And Keith walked in with me and my parents and sat down. He called me at work. I'll never forget it. He was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to go with you to talk to your dad so he doesn't murder you. Um, he goes, but I'm going to walk through your consequence with you. Um, dude, you know how big that is when somebody's like, I'm willing to walk through your consequences with you. That's huge. I- I've got a friend right now that, um, he, he got a couple DUIs last year and he's been on house arrest for the last 90 days. He just got, he got off house arrest yesterday. Um, and, and you know, what's crazy when he went through all that, uh, there was a group of guys that we just surrounded him and went, all right, we got you. Like the consequence, it sucks, bro. You're on house arrest for the next 90 days. It could be worse. You could be on in jail you, and probably should be for longer yeah. than 90 days. Um, but man, he's done all the right things. He got into rehab. Uh, he spent a month in rehab. He, he goes to meetings. Um, and, and then when the sentencing came down, 90 days house arrest, I, I just told him, I said, bro, 90 days, while it, it's not fun, it will go a lot faster than you think it will. And here we are yesterday. He's, he's free man yesterday. And, um, there was consequences for what he did, but we didn't stop walking with him because of what he did. We actually walked with him so he could get through what he had done. And- well, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of back to the church, not not having a great follow through sometimes. It's like, we, we're going to tell you to repent and get your stuff together and kind of beat you over the head with that. And so people, some people are finally like, okay, I need to repent. I need to get rid of this. Uh, I need to get rid of this stronghold, whatever it is. And so they do that. And then as soon as they do that, then there are inevitably consequences, um, yeah. you know, for most things. Um, but that's where we kind of stop. We're like, okay, well, we did our job. We yeah. got you to repent. Yeah, enjoy um, enjoy your consequences. Yeah, yeah, good luck figuring that out. Um, and and we we really oftentimes lack the follow through. And so that's I think that's one area where we can all get better. Um, Absolutely. You know, like you said, with, like you said with your friend, like acknowledging, like, hey, like. 
we're not going to, we're not going to sugarcoat this and baby you and say, oh, you, we're not going to say like, oh, you shouldn't have these consequences or this, this is, um, I can't believe they did that. Like, we're not here to, to, to do that. We're here to say, Hey, this is the reality. It sucks. Um, but we love you. We're going to be here for you. We're going to, you know, you're on house arrest. We're going to come over and hang out with you. So you're not in isolation. Um, all of those different, like whatever we can do to come alongside you and love you through the consequences, like that, that's what it is. We're loving you through, through your pain. Like Absolutely. your pain may be self-inflicted, but we love you enough to come alongside you and walk you through it. Well, that's just it. Sometimes we don't want to help people that have self-inflicted pain. And I'm like, so you've never done anything in your life that was self-inflicted pain. Yeah. Like we're so quick, you know, I go back to Jesus teachings, you know, Jesus was, he did this teaching on the the speck in the plank, right? He was like, you're condemning that guy for that speck of dust in his eye and you got a telephone pole sticking out of your face. Like, how about, how about we deal with a pole sticking out of your head before you go talk about the guy that got a little sawdust in his eye and we're, we, and then we categorize their sin against ours. And I, I just think it gets really messy when we start to categorize, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. Uh, well, actually when you read scripture, your sin is just as heinous as someone else's. Now, laws may be different culturally, but that's what I was going to say. It depends on what you're holding it up against, because like whatever the legal system says is what the legal system says. But whatever Jesus says is like, that's what we're comparing it to, not the legal system. Well, and and here's the kicker. Like, I don't care how heinous what you've done is. There's still room for forgiveness from Jesus. And so, yeah, you may have to sit in prison. You may have to go to jail. You may have to be on a registered offenders list. You may have to like... And those are the extremes. You may have to deal with insecurity and guilt and shame, like all of those things. But in the economy of Jesus, he's like, as long as you have breath, there's an opportunity for redemption for you. And, you know, and it's hard for people to reconcile that because we don't want to reconcile. Like, I don't like to think that someone that's hurt a child can be redeemed to Jesus. I don't like to think that. But here's the reality. If they have true repentance and real life change, I think they can be, I think they can be, restored to Jesus. Now, does that mean that they don't have to pay for a consequence the rest of their life? I, probably legally, no. I, I think they're going to have to. Um, yeah. But that doesn't keep them out of the kingdom of God. It, it doesn't keep them out of of heaven. And I, I think we're really quick sometimes to want to boot people out of eternity. And Jesus is like, well, if I boot them out, you got to be out too. Because I died for all sins, well, not, yeah, not just your sins. The same thing. It's the same like self-deprecation that we kind of tease about sometimes. And I think you teased earlier saying, yeah, the Pantano's not perfect. They let me lead it. So I'm like, if we start casting out all the imperfect people, we're going to find that we've thrown everyone out and there's there's no one left here. I <laughs> I watched a, uh, a Looney Tunes short the other day when my nieces and nephew were here. And uh, Daffy, Daffy Duck got hired to be a manager somewhere. <laughs> Had no experience, wanted to be a manager. They put him in a manager spot. And, uh, it was like a, uh, oh, what is it? Like a, a tele tele helpline kind of thing. Yeah. And so he's managing like all these people and all he wants to do is fire people because they're, they're like, like any tiny little thing that they did wrong. He had, like, they annoyed him, whatever he fired him. And so fire, 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 fire. And then like the end of the day comes and Daffy's sitting alone in this, this office building and he's just alone. And his, his, uh, his boss comes out and he's like, where is everyone? And he's like, I fired them. They, they, they weren't perfect. And <laughs> the boss is like, well, there's no one left. So I don't even need you. Like you fired all the imperfect people. And by firing all the imperfect people, you didn't do what a manager was supposed to do and help them get better. So 
now I'm going to fire you because you didn't do your job right. And yeah. so like all that to say, like, that's a fun way to put it. But like, that's if, if we start as a church, quote unquote, firing everyone because they're not perfect, then we're going to get to the end and be a bunch of sad, lonely people sitting in the church that think we're perfect. We're not perfect. And then we're going to have to get kicked out with them. Well, that, and it's an illusion. Like we, we like to, we like to do like, like the sleight of hand. Like if I can get people to focus on your stronghold, nobody will talk about mine. Yep. You know, we, my, my girls and I, we've been binge watching a bunch of seasons of ink masters, like the tattoo show. And, uh, like yep. it's a game. I mean, you're in a competition with a bunch of tattooers and I mean, it's drama. Like I, I kind of fast forward through the drama so I can just see the tattoos, but I love that like, like the last season we watched, one of the guys was like, as long as that guy's running his mouth, I can hide behind that and not get attacked. And what he's doing is what we do a lot of times too. We're like, Hey, as long as your stronghold looks worse than mine, I'm going to, I'm going to divert attention to yours. So nobody looks at mine. And, and I think that's where we just, I think as people, we just need to stop and go, okay, we're all a bunch of jacked up like people that need Jesus. We need grace. We need help. Um, and we all have strongholds. So let's figure out how to walk this thing together and point people to the one that can help all of us. Um, that, that in essence is the key to how do we, how do we walk through strongholds? We walk through it authentically with one another. You know, speaking of strongholds, I don't know if you have the same stronghold I do, Dylan, but, um, I, I walked away from mine for five weeks and, uh, well, as you guys hear the beat drop here in about two seconds, my stronghold came back with vengeance and it's, uh, it's in the form of liquid by the name of coffee. And, uh, yeah, clarify, clarify the liquid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not ammonia or anything like that. It's just, it's coffee. Um, that, uh, that bass drop in the intro right there, that's actually Trevor's heart beating. <laughs> it, it is. And actually it's live every week. It's just, yeah, it's not even pre-recorded. <laughs> I just actually put my heart up to the microphone. Um, no, I, I, you know what? I, I joke a little bit. I mean, I, I here's what I do know. I'm I'm down to like one one mug of coffee a day, and uh, I'm okay with it. Like I'm good. It's uh, I'm I'm at that place. It's kind of like I'm good with one a day. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's like those one a day vitamins. I take a one a day cup of coffee and uh, keeps me good for the day. And uh, I'm you still uh, still taking Blendstone gummies. That's your daily vitamin. Here's what's funny. I didn't have Flintstones gummies when I was growing up. I had the Flintstones chalk, like the old Flintstones vitamins and uh, where you could like bite Fred and Barney's heads off or, but you always wanted Dino, you know, um, you always wanted yeah, him. Dino tasted the best. Of course. Cause he was great. Those others tasted like, like some kind of weird orange chalk, but for whatever reason they made Dino taste like, like grape candy, kind of like the grape coffee we've been drinking. Um, you know, that's probably why we like it. It takes us back to our, our Dino the Dinosaur days. Um, so uh, today, uh, you know, I came in this morning. I did it. Now I ran, <laughs> I ran out of V60 filters and Chemex filters. So I've got 500 Kalita Wave filters. So I'm like, guess we're doing Kalita for a while. Because um, I'm just too dumb to order the other ones to get them here. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of on a Kalita Wave kick again. I've never owned a Kalita. Um, it's been something that I wanted to get. And for me, the biggest difference between Kalita and V60, um, it's one's flat bottom, one's a uh, cone for how it brews. Um, yeah. 
And so for me, since I've got the stag brewer, it's flat bottom and it's also metallic. So it retains some of the thermal properties of a Kalita, um, which if like all that to say, if you can keep, it changes the way you need to brew your coffee. So you can get really advanced and really nerdy about it. Um, with something like the, the stag brewer that we both have, um, yep. it's, it's double insulated. And so it's going to retain heat really well. So you might want to drop your water temperature as you're brewing it. Or if you need a coffee that requires more heat to fully extract what you're trying to get out of it, then the the stag brewer is a great thing to use. Um, technically the V60 is, and it, they all have some kind of thermal properties. V60s are typically ceramic. So there's yep. that, it retains some heat. Kalita is I think yours is metal, right? I think yeah, it's I, like I, a, I, it's I, like aluminum actually. Um, yeah. and I honestly, for me, the Kalita actually makes a cleaner cup of coffee than the V60 does. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Cause it's just the way it kind of filters through the bottom. For me, it's just a cleaner cup. Uh, but I, I like today, uh, I went to the XO, uh, Honduran and, uh, I've had it in my vac seal for a couple of weeks and I, I pulled it out today and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of the grape ape. I'm going to go over and, uh, I'm going to go back to my XO Honduran and man, it was so like, it was just refreshing. You know, when you kind of, it's like an old friend, like you forget how much fun it is to hang out with them. And then they show up and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot where we should do this more. And then you, you wait two more years before you do it again. Um, that, that's kind of how I felt like this coffee. I pulled it out today and I was like, oh, it's an old friend. I, the first whiff of the beans, I was like, oh, I forgot how much I liked you. Um, and then I ground it up. And as I dumped it in the, the Kalita, I was like, Oh, I remember this conversation. That's right. We're going to pick right back up where we left off and uh, ran it through. Now, the Kalita only takes two and a half minutes, too. That's the other thing I like about it. It's quick. And so I I did 30 grams of coffee and about 480 grams of water, and it gives me just enough to fill my my Carter mug. And, man, it I'm, I'm kind of milking this one today, guys. I, I've been drinking this cup for, like, the last hour, but I love the Carter because it keeps things warm long. And, uh, so that's what I'm on today. That's my, that's my, my Tuesday juice is the, um, my jitter juice, if you will, my, my Snoop Dogg remix jitter juice. Um, that is my jitter juice today is the, the XO Honduran, uh, down on sixth street here in Tucson. What are you, what are you drinking today, bro? Right now? Um, I'm, we've talked about this one. It's the, uh, the coffee from perk that, uh, my friends, Isaiah and Jacqueline got oh, from yeah. me when they were Atlanta. Um, but I did this weekend finally use the last of my grape um, from necessity, and I made the uh, the espresso tonic Ooh. thing that I told you I was going to make. How was that? It's actually a lot of fun. If you have any of it left, I would recommend it. Will you send me the uh, recipe you use for it, like your ratios and all that? Yeah, I just did a, a 20 grams in, 50 grams out. Okay. Um, and uh yeah send me send me the recipe in the process and maybe put it in the show notes for anybody who wants to try it yeah it's a lot of fun um i used i if you haven't listened before um i used the grape coffee from necessity and uh then i used if you've heard of it it's called olipop it's a prebiotic uh soda so instead of using like a regular tonic in a espresso tonic use that instead it's prebiotics uh, botanicals, plant fiber, um, just a little bit of sugar in it. Um, and so use that and then just pulled a fake shot of espresso with a fellow Prismo attachment for the AeroPress, um, and then gave it some ice and then stirred it up. And it was actually really like really refreshing, um, really light, really refreshing. The grape wasn't overpowerful. Yeah. Uh, the, the grape 
Olipop kind of complimented the other. Um, so it's it's really fun if you've got a little bit of it left over. Um, I do. Definitely, definitely give it a try. And I think I've there's got, some in the studio and too. And I've got about 20 grams left. That's about right. So uh, yeah, Perfect. if you'll send me that over, I want to try it. Maybe I'll uh, give a little review on how it goes for me next week. And I might yeah. use something different. I might use the uh, the blueberry pomegranate bubbly and see how that works. Oh, that could be interesting. I, I think it could be. Or like the blackberry lemonade Waterloo. That might be a lot of fun, actually. Blackberry uh, and grape. That that might work okay. That hey, I'm, I'm that's worth trying something. You know, that's the thing. I that's so that's kind of like the precipice of me liking this grape coffee is like it's just fun and different. Yeah. And so if you've got a little bit of, of it left over, if anyone who's listened decided to buy it, um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, and if you did, and you have a little bit left over. Remember why this coffee is one of our favorites is because it's fun. Um, and if you want to keep having fun with it, just try something different. Well, and I think you can do that with a lot of coffee. There's a lot of coffee infused things. Um, it, you know, it's kind of like, this is kind of diversion from coffee, but it's like, I've got a Traeger smoker. Um, man, I've been like, every time I try something, I try something a little new just to see. Like I did these, these chicken legs on Saturday and, um, I did a Traeger Q barbecue sauce with apricot sauce and apple butter for the, for the glaze. And I can tell you right now, I've eaten a 14 chicken legs. I've eaten nine of them in the last three days. And I mean, I just can't stop eating them. They're so good. And then, uh, Bruce, who used to be on staff with us, um, doing facility stuff. Um, and now he's on our tech team. Uh, Bruce actually brought me, um, he made his own barbecue sauce, but it's got, um, prickly pear in it. And, can I just tell you right now, I've eaten that on just about everything I've eaten in the last 48 hours. Hey, Bruce, on- if you're listening to this, I'm going to be back in town for night of worship in September. Yeah. I would love some of that. I'm just, I'm just telling you, bro, I eat on eggs, I eat on chicken, I eat on brisket, I eat on ribs, um, I eat on a breakfast burrito. There's nothing I've put it on yet. I might put it on chocolate. I, I'm just telling you, it, it was, it's so good. Like, I'm like, why are you not marketing this stuff? Um, yeah, slap on it and sell it i'm uh, bro he would sell I, I he would sell hundreds of them a week if he could keep up with the production because it's so good um and i'm just like he just tried something he put prickly yeah. pear in it he tried something you know what i mean um and i think that's the the kicker sometimes i think we're scared to to try things sometimes um and he was willing to try something and i i think that's beautiful um and the same thing with your coffee be willing to try something like if if you've never done some of this stuff before Here's the worst case is going to happen. You're going to drink it and be like, well, that's the worst thing I've ever tasted. And guess what? Don't do it again. Um, Now, I would say if you spend like $40 on a bag of coffee, be sure. That may not be the one to experiment with. Be sure what you're experimenting with. But if if you buy like, here's the other thing. You could go to Starbucks and buy a blonde roast and, um, you know, and you could try some stuff with that because you can't screw up any worse than Starbucks already has. So you, you go there and, you know, try some stuff. Um, but things like this, you can look things up on the internet and learn how to do some things. Like yesterday, I was I was sitting in my living room yesterday afternoon, and I, I you ever get a hankering for something but you don't know what you want? I'm looking through like desserts, and I see this guy's done a one of the. Have you ever done the mug cakes where it's just three ingredients in a oh, mug? Oh, absolutely. And his, I love peanut butter, so he did a peanut butter mug cake, and I was like, hmm. So it was like three scoops of peanut butter, two scoops of sugar, um, and an egg. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. And uh, I threw a, a few uh, dark chocolate chips in it, and uh, I sliced up a little bit of banana and threw it in there. 
and mix it all up, put it in the microwave. And a minute and a half later, I was burning the roof of my mouth with the best cake I've had in a long time. <laughs> had it not turned out, big deal. Took me a minute, took me a couple of scoops of ingredients. Uh, okay, I won't do that again. But unfortunately, I will do that again probably multiple times a day. Um, <laughs> but again, I think have fun. That's the beauty of coffee to me is you can have some fun with it. You can experiment and, and learn some new things. Uh, Dylan, anything else in coffee time for we... Uh, before we derail it, because I feel like this one's been good, and I don't want to derail it any further. Yeah, let's just let's just be done with it. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this little button and get us out of there. Because sometimes we we have a really good thing, and then we're like, and blow it up at the end. Um, but no, I I love I love being back on coffee. I love, uh, but not over the top. It's not a stronghold. It's just uh, it's just strong. That's what I like about it. Um, so Dylan, what's, uh, what's coming up here at Pantana? We need to let our folks know about, uh, cause there's a lot of great things coming down the pipe. Yeah. Got a couple of big things, um, rooted, uh, for the fall semester that kicks off this coming Sunday, August 20th. So you'll be hearing this on the 16th. That means you've still got a few days to get involved in a rooted group. And yes. I would definitely say do it. Yeah. I, I would highly encourage you to sign up for rooted. If you've not done so, uh, we just had rooted celebration last Friday night, uh, we had more people baptized, life change. I, I met a lady in there that got baptized after everything was done. She was like, her son actually came up to me. He's like, she wants to be baptized. Can we do that night? I'm like, yep. And uh, listen to this, her 52-day grit challenge. Did I tell you this? Have you heard this yet? I don't think so. She read the entire Bible during her 52-day grit challenge and read the book. I, I think it's called, um, uh, I. it takes more faith to be an atheist. Something to that effect. I, I've read the book. I just can't remember the name. Um, she read both of those together in 52 days, the entire Bible. Wow. Covered, cover, read it like a novel. She was like, my son kept telling me that's the dumbest way to read the Bible. She, and I'm like, well, obviously what does he know? Cause you're getting baptized and giving your life to Jesus. Um, and she got to the end and she was just like, I'm just more convinced than ever that Jesus is who he said he was. That's so cool. And that was at our rooted celebration. And that, that's the kind of things I see like God doing in the lives of people who go through rooted all the time. Um, and, and so yes, sign up for rooted starts this week and you do have a couple days to get signed up, still get in a group. We've got some space left. If you would like to get in a rooted group, even if you don't think you would like to try it, see what God might do. Um, and then we got some other stuff coming. We got uh worship night. Night of worship is ex- like today is the 15th. It is on September 14th. So just a day shy of a month away, just less than a month, less than a month. Just less than a month. Uh, my man Darian Sanders, who plays Simba on in Lion King on Broadway, and his uh, his buddy Isaiah, who is uh, who's played Mufasa and a bunch of other roles. Um, Diamond is coming back, who uh, was in Dear oh, Evan Diamond. Hansen and in in Lion King, and now she is uh, a pastor at a church in uh, New York City. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of other folks coming from a whole bunch of different other avenues of Broadway as well, not just Lion King. And then some fantastic musicians from around the country are going to join them. They're actually doing a tour this time. Uh, last year, we were we were the first place they really did what they did. Um, and now we're getting to be a part of what they're doing with a bunch of other churches this way around the country. And so um, I'm just telling you, if you missed the last one, don't miss this one. Um, it is a ticketed event, but it's free. So you still have to go online, get tickets. That reserves your spot in the room. If you don't have that ticket, you run the risk of not getting a seat that night. And uh, don't run that risk. Get your ticket. It's a great event to bring your one to. If you get a one, bring your one to that event. And uh, I, th- I think it will change their life if they show up to it. We're also doing baptisms during night of worship. So that's going to be really cool. Yeah. We're going to, instead of a baptism Sunday, you know, like we have the emphasis weekends, we're going to actually make that a baptism emphasis night. I think it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Um, we may, we may stay there for two days. I don't, I don't know. God may break out some kind of crazy revival thing. It may be crazy. 
So anything else coming up, Dylan, we need to be aware of? Those are the big ones. Yeah, the that and the BOGO series continues, and uh, I'm really excited for that. Um, in fact, we've got a lot in store the next couple of weeks in that series. You don't want to miss that. Um, so Dylan, leave a little wisdom with our people today. If you could, uh, we ask our guests this all the time, and I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to adapt it, but if you could just leave our listeners with one thing this week, one thing that you would like, hey, if I could, here's my 10-second TED Talk for for our listeners. What would you leave them with today? Yeah, in 10 seconds? Yeah. And I'm already eating into it by thinking. Yep, now um, you're... Eight seconds. There's okay. I found a song on Instagram Reels. Melissa actually found it for me. Uh, it's by Josiah Queen, uh, and it's called "Fishes and Loaves." And the whole precipice of the song is uh, talking about like it doesn't seem like much, but God can do a lot with your little. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so, one, I would say go listen to the song. I'll link it in the show notes. But two, I would say keep that in mind, um, regardless of where you're at in life, regardless of what you think God can do with your gifts. Um, he can do way more with it than you think he can. Yeah. Just let him. Yeah. Let him take your what you think is little and do a lot with it. Yep. Hey, I can't top that. That's good wisdom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do us a favor if you would subscribe, share this. Hey, leave us a comment, leave us a review, or leave us a voicemail on the anchor app, anchor.fm slash the make. And uh we might just feature it in the show and love to hear your thoughts, your questions. You can even leave your own musings. We don't, we don't have to be a question. Uh, you can just share something random because Lord knows we do. And so uh, thanks for being a part of the make. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of the make podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers to learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.